You're now listening to Locked On 76ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today, we're going to be discussing whether the Sixers will actually miss Seth Curry a little bit. Let's get into it. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome, 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 welcome into Locked On 76ers. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. I am your host, Kai Carlin of Sixers Wire, joined by the OG Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Keith, what's up, man? What's popping, young buck? Hey, man, uh, we're both in Milwaukee. Uh, 76ers getting set to take on the Bucks on uh, tonight for their final game before the All-Star break. Uh, we're going to be discussing that, how big of a matchup that is. We're going to be discussing who needs to step up the most for Philadelphia. And Sixers might be missing South Curry a little bit. They might. So we're, we're going to kind of dive into all of that. Um, but first, Keith, we, they got a huge game tonight with the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, obviously, they're the defending champs. So the Bucks knocked off the Sixers earlier in the season. Granted, Sixers did not have Tobias Harris. They didn't have Joel Embiid. Uh, they were all out, you know, dude, I think it was COVID at the time. So, Keith, uh, just, just what do you make of this matchup uh, for Philadelphia, especially after coming off how they just got destroyed by the Boston Celtics at home on Tuesday? I mean, I, I think that, you know, it, it's one of those things. I think we talked about it before. It's going to be a defining matchup, but it's not going to be a defining matchup, if that makes sense. I know that sounds crazy to say that, that <laughs> but what I mean by that is, it's like, you know, they're not going to have James Harden, right? But at the same time, it's kind of like, how are you guys going to respond? Right. Like, they got punched in the mouth last game. And to me, they got punched in the mouth just because they weren't good enough. They didn't have the talent. But now you're hearing all this rhetoric. We're talking about against the Boston Celtics. But now you're hearing all this rhetoric about, oh, they were swept up in the Jimmy and, and, and the James Harden uh, hoopla and all this and that, and they 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 weren't they didn't come ready to play. Well, I want I want to see I want to see if if that's what it is. I personally just felt like when you're undermanned and you don't and you make a trade. And, and, the, and the marquee player, which is James Harden, doesn't play, and Boston comes to town, is just tough for you. So Milwaukee, you know, you got Giannis. If Giannis plays and all that, I think it's going to be tough for them too. So right about now, I want to see how the 76ers respond. I want to see if Tobias Harris can bounce back from a six-point game, if Matisse Thibel can make a shot, if the bench guys could step up. So to me, like, because if they don't do it, if they don't step up, then the Sixers are going to struggle when Harden comes back because him and Joel can't do it all by themselves, in my opinion. Yeah, this game, I feel like, you know, will kind of tell you a lot about the Sixers in terms of just, you know, their mental toughness, being able to bounce back from being hit in the mouth, as you mentioned, um, Boston, Boston smacked them. And, and, and again, like just how weird the NBA is, Keith, the Celtics ended up losing to the Detroit Pistons last night, uh, 112 to 111 at home. So, I mean, you know, just it goes to show anybody in this league can lose. It's, just, it's a crazy league, the NBA. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I, you know, th- this matchup tonight is going to be huge. It's, it's going to be uh, an important one, Keith, especially when we talk about tiebreakers, um, you know, in terms of Eastern Conference standings. Milwaukee won that first matchup. There's only three matchups between these teams this season. Uh, the Bucks come back to Philadelphia. I think the date's March 29th. That'll be their final matchup. So the Sixers have got to win this one in order to kind of have a chance at winning the tiebreaker. Um, granted, I mean, Keith, you just mentioned Giannis Antetokounmpo. I, I just I don't know who they're who they're going to stick on him. You know, um, I mean, I'm sure Joel could switch on to him every once in a while, but you don't want Joel guarding him from the jump. Like, do you have Tobias defend Giannis from the jump? I mean, like, like who do who do you who do you put on him? Wow, that's a that's a great question. I, I think initially, I think initially, it may have to be Tobias if it's not Joel, right? And it depends on like you know, who, who's playing, who's, who's playing the game. But I, I think it has to be Tobias or Joel. And, 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 and maybe if, you know, you start off with Tobias and then put Joel on him, but you know, that's a, that's a tough task for Joel. I mean, for Tobias right about now, you know, because he's more of an offensive player and he has to go up against that. You know, this is where the times you miss Ben Simmons, although Ben didn't have a lot of success against Giannis. <laughs> guarding them but you definitely miss them because because you can put that marquee match on us huh because yeah, you put yeah, that on exactly. yeah. yep 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 so i mean again i'm kind of looking at it and you know i'm, I'm sure matisse will probably start out on chris middleton i mean I'm, I'm sure i'm sure that that's how that'll start off you'll probably have i guess danny green will defend drew holiday or maybe tyrese will will be in front of him um but yeah, man, I, I guess Keith, you would have to put Tobias on Giannis, and um, you know, Tobias has improved as a defender, like as the time has kind of gone on. But he, he he's not like a, a top flight defender, like you know, like Giannis is gonna look at this team and he's gonna feast, like you know, if he does play. Now, um, he had fifty points in Milwaukee's last matchup uh, when they knocked off the Indiana Pacers. Um, I, I I don't know, Keith. I'm not I'm not really giving the Sixers uh, much of a chance tonight. Um, I I think I think they should they should be much more competitive than they were on Tuesday because I just that's from a specific pride standpoint. But I, I don't know, Keith. I don't think they can get it done tonight. It's going to be a, a lot against the defending champs without Harden. You know, obviously they're going to be still be shorthanded from the trade. It's going to be tough. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm kind of with you, but at the same time, it's one of them thing those things where. This Sixers team, whenever you think they're going to win, all right, they lose. Whenever you think they're going to get blown, they surprise you. But I'm with you though. I'm 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 kind of sort of with you. I don't think that they'll get it done. Um, but there's something inside of me saying, don't close the door. But nah, like from a defensive standpoint, they just like you raised too many uh, questions. Like who's going to guard this person? Who's going to guard that person? Oh yeah, Dandy's going to guard someone. But Danny may not start. You know what I mean? So it's like it's like too much going on firepower. And and, and like now here's the funny thing. This is a team, this is a team who basically uh lost two games before Giannis dropped 50 the last one, talking about the Bucks. Uh, yeah, the Bucks. They lost to uh Portland and before that they lost to Phoenix. Right. So they're they're beatable. It's For just sure. that. We look at the Sixers and we think of how they were down 51 to um, the Celtics. And you say to yourself, I don't know if they could get it done. You know what I mean? 
Now, I, I ask you this. Do you think Paul Millsap gets an actual legitimate run in this one tonight? I think he's going to have to. I mean, shit, uh, it's like who, who, who else is going to provide the offense? Right. I mean, I think you're going to have to, like, off the bench. I mean, I do. Like, no offense, but he, I, I think he's going to have to right now. Yeah. I know there's some guy that you don't want to play because you're like, oh, he's old. I don't know if I want to play him. Nah, yeah. But I think you're going to have to play him. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to have to play, especially when you, you know, we just talked about the lack of offense against Boston. I think, you know, Keith, they only hit eight three-pointers, and two of them came from Millsap in the fourth quarter, hit two of those eight threes. <laughs> I know, right? So, like, you might you might have to kind of give him a bit of a look. Now, granted, it, it was kind of hard to judge Millsap's performance because it was against the third stringers of the Celtics in the fourth quarter, and the game was already in hand. But, you know, I mean, he is a four-time All-Star in his career. He's, he's a proven vet. He's tough. He's physical. He kind of he, – he's a he's – a, Guy you can throw out there. I feel like the ha- he's got to get some type of playing time tonight. I-, I don't know if I trust Paul Reed against the Bucks, even though they won't have Brooke Lopez yet. Um, but I-, I don't I don't trust Paul Reed against Milwaukee uh, against Milwaukee. So listen, Sixers Bucks tonight, Keith. You know, final prediction: Do they get it done tonight, or will they uh, go into the break with two straight losses before Harden comes back? I think they go into the break with two straight losses. I think they do. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I think I'm they do. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Bucks as well. I don't think the Sixers can get it done. But, again, I mean, listen, as you said, Keith, this is a team that, you know, you think they're going to lose and they come out with a win. And on the nights you expect them to win, they lay an egg. So, you just you never know with this team. We'll just kind of see how they how they play it out tonight. 8.30 p.m. Eastern time is the start time for everybody back home in Philly. Keith, we're on the other side of, the, uh, on the other side of this live read real quick. We're going to be discussing who needs to step up the most for the Sixers in this matchup tonight with Milwaukee. But first, we're going to hear from Bet Online. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. For your next listen, make sure you check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. Listen in to Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. All right, Keith. So as we head into this matchup tonight, um, we kind of previewed it a little bit. But who in your mind, Keith, has to be the one to step up the most uh, for Philadelphia? Because I have one guy at the forefront of my mind. But I'm I'm curious if you have if you have the same guy. So so who is it for you? I mean, the guy who needs to step up the most um, has to be Tobias Harris. Yeah, um, because you know you know he's the starter. I mean, he really has to step up. Um, you know, the last game Tobias played, he was at six points, which was a season low. He shot two for seven. He made two foul shots. He had five rebounds, two fouls, one still. But, again, he had six points on two for seven shooting. He only attempted three shots in the first half. And get this, 
he was a minus 40 in 27 minutes. Yeah, that's brutal. You know that's, what I mean? So yeah, it's pretty he brutal. really has to step up the most. Now, but again, there are some other guys like uh who is it? Uh Shake Milton. I mean, Shake shot two for ten that game. He was 0 for two on threes. He's supposed to be a sharpshooter. You know, you look at George Niang, he shot two for six, one for four on threes, another sharpshooter. Then you look at Furkan Korkmaz, two for seven, two for six on threes, another sharpshooter. And then Matisse Thibault has to give him some offense. But, you know, even even down to um, uh, Tyrese Maxey shot three for 11. So, like, you know, Matisse was 0 for six, all threes. So like they all have to step up, but you if if you had to pinpoint one guy who really needs to do it, it has to be Tobias. Yeah, Tobias is at the forefront for me because as, as you said, six points, seven shot attempts is unacceptable, um, especially for um, you know at the at, at the moment he is your highest paid player. You, you need Tobias to take more than seven shots, um, and you need him to take more than just three shots and a half, especially with the way. And in that game, the Celtics were defending Joel. And, but, and one can expect the Bucs are going to send a ton of double and triple teams tonight, Adam. And the Bucs have a lot of length. Like, you know, they're going to be starting Bobby Portis, but they're going to be having a lot of guys that they can throw off the bench and even in their starting lineup that they can throw at Joel. The Bucs are a big challenge. Um, even, even if Harden was playing tonight, like it would still be a really huge challenge for the Sixers to get the job done. Uh, so, so I mean, I'm, I'm kind of looking at you need Tobias, but if there were two other guys, Keith, that kind of stand out to me that need to step up, it one is Shake because you mentioned it. Shake is supposed to be the guy who can provide offense off the bench, right? And he shot two for 10 on Tuesday against the Celtics. Now, he gets a little bit of a break because of his back injury, but at the same time, this is going to be his fourth game back. He should be able to kind of get back into a, a little bit of a rhythm, a little bit of a groove. So, um, I'm looking at him tonight. Um, Thibel needs to shoot better from deep. He was 0 for 6. He's got to be able to start taking advantage of these open looks he's getting from deep. I, talk, I talked about that before. Uh, and then, yeah, Furkan. I mean, I, I, it's been weird, Keith. Furkan got off to a really good start this season, right? But then mm-hmm. he's been in, like, this slump that's lasted, like, 40 games at this point. It's just – it's been it's been really weird because he's better than this. It's just it's – just, it's been weird this year. Yeah, but when it's 40 games, you, you can't consider it a slump. He just having a bad year, right? Like you know what I'm saying, like. Right. And you know, listen, I may be exaggerating. Forty, 40 slump is like five, six games. I mean, my man is like you know the thing about it is the fur kind. You know, it looks like it when he goes up against like the Orlando Magic and stuff like that. He tends to do well, right? Right. But then when he goes up against young teams, but uh, also young but talented teams, it just seems like he's a step too slow. His shot just doesn't fall. You know, I, I don't know what it is, but it, it's just he's extremely inconsistent. Like, you can typically, in most instances, know when he's going to do well. Like, oh, look at this roster. These guards aren't that good. He's going to dog them. Right. Oh, look at this roster. These dudes can play, and they're athletic. Oh, he might have a struggle. So it's like that's the bad part. But, yeah, he needs to step up. I mean, the thing is, like, we, we're talking about their – like George, Furkan, Shake, they're all supposed to be like great shooters from the outside. And they haven't really been, they've been struggling a lot from the outside. Yeah. And, and that's tough. Yeah. Now, going back to what I was saying earlier, the first 10 games of the year, Keith, he shot 42.4% from deep. 
right? And everybody was like, You're oh. about Furcon, right? Yeah, Furcon. And everybody was yeah. like, oh, you know, maybe this could be the year that Furcon kind of finally finds that consistency and whatnot. Uh, in the 40 games since, he's shooting 24.2% from deep. That Then that's and he's, he's taking four threes a night, too. So that's yeah. So yeah I, I, actually, I wasn't even exaggerating. That's that's legitimately 40 games where just he's shooting 24.2% from deep after the, after the other uh, hot start uh, from three point range. And yeah, Keith, at, at this point, man, this, this ain't a slump. Like this is this is a bad season. Now, yeah. granted, Keith, do you do you feel like maybe because he's had to handle the ball so much this year that like maybe that has hurt his efficiency a little? And nah. like, you know. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to come up with reasons with some maybe why he's. Yeah, I mean that sounds like a good excuse, but um, that's what it is an excuse. I mean because, I mean you, I don't know because like this isn't really the first time that he's handled the ball in like his career. Now maybe it might be the first time in the NBA, but I know there was games earlier where he excelled doing it. I just think that, um, you know, it's just one of those things where. You know, certain type of guards give him fits, and and then right. he just you know missing the wide open shots too. That's part of the problem. Like he's missing wide open. It's like he seems like he's having a hard time getting in the rhythm. But um, you know, I, you know, it's it's just I, I think maybe he may benefit a little bit more with a guy like Harden coming back. But when he does come back, but right now he's just struggling, man. He's just struggling. It's hard to put a finger on it because. He struggled like this last year too at times, you know. Yeah, he did. He did, and and the, and like that. That's always been the weird part with him. It's like you don't really expect much from Furcon. You know, you, you just you expect him to kind of come in and, and knock down a three. He's a role player. Like it's not like you're counting on Furcon to like carry the team when when the time calls for it. That that's certainly not what people expect out of Cork Moss. Like the thing the thing is though, it's just when he's one of your main shooters and, you know, you brought him back on a team friendly deal to bring him back and, and, and you know, rely on him to, to shoot more threes and everything else in between. Um, just it's one of those things where you're looking at it and you're just like, man, like you, you have got to be better. Like you've got to figure this out because if you don't, you know, at some point you're, you're going to have to be replaced in the rotation. Um, and, and, and yeah, like if, if you're the Sixers, like a, a, you're, you're going to need Furcon to step up. I feel like through 24 games, uh, at, well, 25 games heading into tonight left, that's going to kind of be a big storyline for me, Keith. I don't know about you. Well, other, other than it, Harden and Joel, of course. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, other than, yeah, I mean, yeah, these guys just got to step up. I mean, that's a huge storyline on, on like what they're going to do with these guys. I mean, you know, who's coming back? Um, you know, because like, let's face it, the thing that we people don't want to talk about is, is like they're going to need to get some consistent shooters around Joel and Harden, right? Yeah. So this is like an audition, and and let's face it, like the Sixers championship window is now. So if they can't get it done now, they're going to have to get it done. Like they're going to have to get people in there to help them out. Yeah, no, but no, for for sure. And like one of those guys that had to give up to get Harden, um, Seth Curry. We're gonna we're gonna talk about him. You know, like maybe maybe the Sixers are gonna miss him a little bit more than people think. But first, 
we're going to hear from Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, but $216 from Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselves for over 20 years, and Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they knew we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Okay, Keith. So in the last segment, we, we, we talked about how, you know, the Sixers might miss Seth Curry a little bit more than some people might think. Now, granted, you make this, again, you make this move for a guy like Harden 11 times out of 10. This is James Harden we're talking about. We're talking about a guy who's going to the Hall of Fame and, and, and everything else in between the guys. Is, you know, he, he's incredible. But as you mentioned, the shooters they have left are just, they're very inconsistent. Um, you're not really sure uh, what you can really get a- out of them, right? And it's just like Seth is having a really good start with the Brooklyn Nets. You know, in his first game with Sacra- against Sacramento, he had 23 points. Um, uh, last night, he had a huge game against the Knicks. Uh, Brooklyn found themselves down by 28 points. Uh, Curry was a big part of that comeback. He had 20 points. He had six assists. And Keith, he shot six for nine from deep for the Nets. Now, just imagine when Durant, Simmons, and Irving can get back out onto the floor. You know, Curry's going to play a huge role for them. And, you know, the Sixers might miss that a lot. Oh, yeah, they already miss it. I mean, because when you sit back and you think about it, you know, of all the players, he would have benefited the most playing with Harden and, and, and Simmons. Oh, yeah. Because he would have been the place uh, four setter. Now, again, would he would have averaged 20-something points? And that's probably not. I mean, just because I don't know if he would have got as many shot attempts. But at the same time, he would have been the guy who would have been stretching the floor, doing stuff. And he would have made them much a better team. You know, he would have made them a, a way better team. So, yeah, they're missing them. And, and let's face it, like, you can also say that he's also motivated. Like, he got traded. You know, my father-in-law and them traded me. Like, you know what I mean? Even though right. his father-in-law probably didn't have – it wasn't his call. You know, it's one of those things where he's, he's motivated. Now, once KD and them come back, we have to imagine that his numbers are going to go down. Of course. But at the same time, shooting six for nine on three is, is strong. And I think he would have been great for the Sixers. Yeah, that that that's that's major. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, again, it's not like Seth was the end all be all. Um, I mean, again, you you make a trade for James Harden every chance you can get. Like if if you have a guy to get Harden or a chance to get Harden, you absolutely take that that move. But the fact that Brooklyn is already benefiting from Seth Curry. Now, granted, they beat the Knicks. I mean, and, and I grant, and I get it. The Knicks are, you, you know, they kind of fooled everybody last year, right? Everybody was like, "Oh, the Knicks are back," but no, they're not. You know, it's just the, the the Knicks are the Knicks. But 
you know, like I, I like I feel like again, I, this Nets team, they're kind of in the same position as Philadelphia. They don't have much time to kind of um, gel everything together. It's going to be tough. But Keith, I know you saw it, but um, the commissioner Adam Silver, you know, started questioning the the vaccine mandate in, in New York, and you know, even the their mayor Eric Adams was like, "Oh, it's something I struggle with all the time, right? Uh, do I do I lift it or do I not?" So, uh, and and I know we talked about it here on the podcast a couple of times, Keith, but the the minute New York lifts that vaccine mandate, if they do, then the nets are going to be right there because then Kyrie's available for every game and it's going to be extremely tough to beat them four times out of seven games. Yeah. But you got to imagine that they're going to lift that mandate. Like right. when, when you start getting the league talking about it, right. Yeah. The mayor, I'm struggling with it. Yeah. Y'all setting that up because exactly. they don't want to be the ones to make it seem like, Oops, it was our fault that they didn't win the chip. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. No, you know, and, and and that's what it is. And it's funny because that's all everyone's talking about is Adam Silver, what he said about the vaccine mandate. So, yeah, man, it's like, yeah, you know it's coming. Like Brooklyn, like that's – Brooklyn's going to be that team that everybody's paying close attention to and they and they – and the league will benefit – I'm not saying they go ahead and they do things for favors, but the NBA would benefit for having Brooklyn being at at 100%. No, they absolutely would. And and again, I'm not saying that Brooklyn is the favorite. I feel like I feel like at at this point Keith, I feel like I feel like the Bucks have to be considered the favorite um just because they are the defending champs, you know. I feel like, you know, until you you knock off the Bucks, you you you're you're just you're not there, right? So um, and, and they did add Serge Ibaka. Like, I feel like that's just going to be a really underrated move. Nobody's really talking about. But th- that Nets team, and you just mentioned it, Keith, they are setting that up. They are setting that yeah. up for, for New York to be like, oh, we're lifting the mandate. and yeah. Right? And then all of a sudden, Kyrie's available for every single game. Yeah. And, and then you've got Ben coming back. And, you know, you've got Durant. Uh, there's a possibility of Joe Harris. Um, I mean, obviously they don't know about that yet. Harris could still be out for the year, Joe Harris. But I mean, with, with with Seth Curry too, man. Like I'm just I'm I'm trying to picture a lineup out there of like Kyrie, Durant, Ben, Seth, and like you know Andre Drummond or or something or Nick Claxton, something like that. That is that's just going to be a tough lineup. That is going to be yeah, one a, tough team. Yeah, that's a dominant lineup, dude. That's a crazy lineup. I mean. And you have like three shooters, you know, and and two defender, a defenders, a rebounder, a rebounder. Like, yeah, man, that's a crazy lineup. And then I look at Philadelphia, and then obviously James Harden and Joel Embiid are going to be, damn, that's going to be one tough duo to stop. Um, you know, with the way Harden can handle the ball, he can shoot it from the outside, he can score at all three levels easily. He gets to the free throw line. He's efficient from the line, as is Joel. The, like like that that team's going to be the Sixers are, are going to be right there, but I mean again you know we talk about the lack of shooters you know you need Danny Green to find his consistency again you're going to need Thibault to get into it you need Shake Milton and Furkan Korkmaz start hitting threes you're going to need Tobias Harris to be a bit of a, a spot up shooter at this point which isn't really it, 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 he can hit spot up threes but that's not exactly his game you know so. Yeah. Um, so it's just you know Tyrese Maxey too. You're gonna to need him to be a bit of a spot up shooter, and I don't I don't really know if the Sixers are there just yet. Maybe in the off season when they can add an, another shooter, 
um to that roster but at, at this moment in time it's why like i you know you i, I really don't have the sixers kind of like uh get, getting to the nba finals this year just I, I just i have a lot of doubts right now yeah they got they don't have any like their role players they got to step up and that so far they haven't shown us that they can step up yeah I mean, it's kind of like waiting Spartan is, huh it's kind of like wait and see mode. Yeah, but as good as Harden is and as good as Embiid is, it just seems like they need somebody to step up. Now, if, if Tobias could be more consistent, then maybe. But even still, the bench need, needs to play better. Yeah. And, and, and Steph is a guy they can't replace, though they couldn't replace. Yeah. I mean, Seth, is a, he's, he, he was a really important piece to what they do. And, and again, you make that trade 11 times out of 10. It's James Harden. But – um, the Sixers, I feel like, are definitely going to be feeling the, the loss of Seth Curry as, as they all move forward. And when they take on the Milwaukee Bucks tonight and they're facing a team with a lot of length and, a, and you know, a very good defensive team, it's just, I feel like, again, it's going to be kind of felt in that matchup. Thanks so much for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. I'll make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. For Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer, I'm Kai Carlin, Sixers Wire of USA Today. We're out. We'll see you guys next time on Locked On 76ers. Deuces.